Hey, I'm Stephen Hovatter, the lead minister at Central Church of Christ in Little Rock, Arkansas. Our goal as a church is to follow Jesus together. So we gather on Sunday mornings for Bible study at 9 a.m. and worship at 10, 15 a.m. And you'd always be welcome to join us. To learn more, go to arcentralchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon. Good morning. Hope you're all doing well today. And... Sure do appreciate uh, so many of you guys wearing these shirts today that, uh, that kind of just spoke to the week that we had. And, you know, honestly, when Chad said, if you were involved in camp in any way, could you stand up? The real truth is that all of you guys help support that. And uh, from people that financially make it possible for us to do that to, uh, you know, people that wait at home for their kids to come back with the l- dirtiest laundry known to man uh, to be washed and cleaned and all that goes into that. It is no joke to pack for camp and it is no joke to unpack for camp. So uh, I know that many of you guys were involved in different ways for that. We're in the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs, uh, many of us have uh, had some time in there and you probably have I hope you're picking up on some of the things that are in Proverbs that are perhaps counterintuitive. And one of those things might be, might be a little surprising to you, how much Proverbs has to say about justice. We normally think about Proverbs as being a book about practical wisdom, like how to be successful or how to get things or how to, how to do things well in life. And it may seem like Justice doesn't fit into that scheme of practicality. Justice is not always pragmatic, at least in the way that we normally think about it, in the way that we normally think about wisdom. But it is deeply embedded in what the Bible has to say about wisdom. Most of what we know about wisdom, uh, or the, the biblical tradition, centers back on the person of King Solomon. And you may be very familiar with uh, the story of Solomon's wisdom. In 1 Kings chapter 3, uh, it's said that uh, Solomon prays for wisdom. And there's this story that I bet many of you are, are familiar with where Solomon, now that he is taking the reins from his father David, he is, uh, you know, he's there and he's, he's thinking about what it is that he's going to, to ask God, right? And I want you to hear some of what he says in 1 first, in first Kings chapter 3. It says, uh, Solomon prays, this is beginning in verse six, and, or, or, or we should start off and say in verse five, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, ask what I should give you. So this is like, almost like a genie question, right? What is it that you want, Solomon? And you know, Solomon responds this way, this is verse six and following, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, even though I'm only a little child. I don't know how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of a people whom you've chosen, a great people. They're so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind 
to govern, govern your people, able to discern between good and evil, for who can govern this your great people? And what may be a little bit hidden from us in those verses where Solomon asked for wisdom, for understanding, for discernment between good and evil, is that when it talks about being able to govern, or your translation may have lead or something like that, or it may have judge. And that word govern, lead, judge, is the same root as the word for justice or to administer and do justice. I think that may be lost for us in the translation, but it, it isn't lost in Israel. If you look down just a few verses, okay, we have this story of uh, Solomon and the two uh, women who uh, each claim that a child is there and he brings out, he calls for a sword and says, well, we'll just split the child. You guys know this story, right? And he calls for the child and says, you know what, um, well, well, we'll just give you each half of it. And uh, at the end of that story, what, you may, what may have slipped through, though, is this. Look at verse 28 with me, and this is, verses will be on the slide here. All Israel heard the verdict the king had given. They held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God. Now, that's not the end of the verse. They saw that he had wisdom from God. Now, my memory of this story, that's all I really knew. That Solomon had been given wisdom from God. But Israel recognizes that with the wisdom of Solomon was for a specific purpose in how he led Israel. In what kind of king he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be a king who by God's own wisdom would administer justice. Justice and wisdom together, not one able to be extricated from the other. They are twin concepts forever bound together in the tradition of Solomon here in this story and in the sort of wisdom that we get from the book of Proverbs. Solomon's wisdom that comes to us in that place continues to have the thread of, of wisdom, or continues to have the thread of justice always bound with it. Wisdom says things like this in chapter 8, verse 20. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice. That's what Lady Wisdom says about her own path, about where she can be found if you're really looking for her, then you need to go over to Justice Street. Go over to, to Righteousness Avenue. These two words, righteousness and justice, are so bound together in the Hebrew Bible. And they're bound together with wisdom. If you really want to find wisdom, then be discerning enough to look where justice is. Or this line in chapter 29 and verse 7. The righteous care about justice for the poor. The wicked have no such concern. 
This is biblical wisdom to remind us that there is no way we can be wise without including justice at the heart of what we are trying to, uh, trying to accomplish. Justice has to be a part of our vision for what success means. So if you think biblical wisdom, if you think Proverbs is only telling you like life hacks so that you can be more successful in some vision where you get more stuff, you need to remember that for biblical wisdom, justice is better than profit. There is no vision of success within Proverbs, indeed within the whole Bible, that includes wealth without justice. Proverbs 16, 8 holds this very well when it says this, better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. Justice always, uh, justice or, or profit or, or, or success in the vision, in the story of the Bible always includes within it a concern for justice. And at this point, you may be already picking up on the fact that this is, in fact, a senior day sermon. Because, my friends, as you look towards the future and you think towards what it will mean for you to develop your life, or if you are looking back and you're thinking with a memory of, man, what did I know or what did I not know? Can you remember back when you were a senior in high school, when you're getting to ready to move into those next, those next few years of your life? It's a crazy thing, and you're working on developing your vision about what success looks like. And I would implore you, along with Lady Wisdom, to include justice in your vision of success. To remember that it's better to have just what you need, to just have a little bit and have righteousness, than to have profit out the door, burdened with injustice. Justice is better. It's a better outcome. It's a better vision of success than sheer accumulation. Not only is justice better than profit, though, Proverbs also teaches at many, many points that injustice is, in fact, foolish. Injustice isn't just bad on its own terms because God doesn't like it, although that is certainly true. It teaches us at many places that injustice is detestable to the Lord. But often Proverbs adds in this wisdom element where it will show us that injustice is foolish. It's not just evil by some cold moral calculation, but it ends up in trouble. Injustice turns out to be impractical? Well, that may be a surprise to you. But Proverbs 22, 8 says, whoever sows injustice reaps calamity. Now, you know the old verse, right? Be not deceived, a man reaps what he sows. Okay, well, I think if you'll turn to the, the book of Galatians or anywhere else that the Bible uses that kind of language, 
You'll find that they have injustice somewhere in mind. For the proverb writer, if you use weapons in fury and anger to acquire things, eventually that weapon will be broken or even worse, it will be turned on you. Because injustice has a way of coming back home to roost. Injustice is foolish. It leads to disaster for the people that perpetrate it. Now, it may seem to you like that just is, whoever was playing some funk there on the ringtone, I want to say I appreciate that. (laughs) Injustice leads to calamity. Injustice is foolish. And if that seems counterintuitive to you, or it seems like, well, that's just not the way the world works, that's a naive concept. Understand that justice plays a long game. Justice isn't just satisfied to just see what is happening in this moment, but it looks broadly to the future. Justice is a setup for a vision of success that will last more than just a short term or just a few years. Injustice is very profitable in the short run. But justice plays a long game Justice looks like something that will change over time. The wisdom word that comes to us is just one leg of the stool of Scripture. It is Scripture, the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible works in three different parts. The Torah, which sets the the agenda, the boundaries for what justice will look like, teaching us what it means to treat our neighbor with justice. And then we have the vision of the prophets, which carry a word from God about what it will look like for disaster to come on people who tread on God's vision of justice and disobey the law. And the prophets come and they say, woe to you who are sowing injustice, you're about to reap calamity. They say to those who have enriched themselves on the backs of the poor, you may not see the foolishness of your injustice, but there will come a day. It's important to bring that thread in from the prophets to our conversation in Proverbs and to remember all how all these things work together, right? Because some of the things that we read in Proverbs about injustice don't make sense if we just think about the way things work in the world just built on itself. But the world doesn't interact on its own. It's not a clock that's just been wound up and left alone. But the world, this is God's world. This is God's cosmos. And any vision of success that doesn't take into account God's judgment and what God the King eventually does in ruling his world, any such vision is profoundly foolish. It may not be today. 
And it may not be tomorrow, and indeed it may not even be while we walk this earth. But at the end of the day, justice will be done. Justice will win. It was in 1965 that Dr. King finally made it to the steps of the Alabama Capitol having completed the long march from Selma and all of the blood that was shed for that journey. And there on the steps in Montgomery, he said, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward what? Justice. I think what Dr. King was saying it's the same thing that the biblical prophets and sages had to say. Justice plays a long game. And even though it may seem that injustice is winning, even though it may seem in any given day that injustice works and that it's practical, that version of success will someday melt away. And only what is built on a foundation of God's justice will be proven to be wise. Wisdom requires justice. And anything that pretends to be wisdom but doesn't include justice is a house of cards ready to tumble and fall apart at any moment. What we would recognize and what we would perceive and discern as true wisdom, it requires justice. And yet, justice requires wisdom too. It's because of our imperative to seek justice that we must also acknowledge that not everything that claims to be justice really is. Not every force that claims to fight for justice or own justice or claims to be the singular force of justice, not every institution that is supposed to protect justice does. So just like wisdom requires justice, so justice requires wisdom. And just like wisdom requires us to ask, is this just, is this fair, is this in the interest of the poor and the oppressed, true justice also requires that we come back with those questions about wisdom. It requires us to ask, where does this lead? Where does this go? These two things both require discernment, sometimes discernment which is beyond our own capacity. Which is why, like Solomon, we are compelled to beg God to give us what we need. 
compelled to come with God to God, not just for our own vision of success, but to come to God and say, oh God, can I have the wisdom that I need to be a person of justice? And oh God, can I have the, the justice in my heart that will, that's required to actually be a person of wisdom? To come to God and depend on God like the book of James says, if any of you lacks, lacks wisdom, he should ask God. But also come to God and say, whoever of us lacks righteousness or justice, where else may we get it except by God's own hand and by God's own spirit? The people of God recognize that wisdom requires justice and that justice requires wisdom, and we recognize that both of those are out of our grasp unless we come to God. We have spoken over and over again about being a community that, that seeks wisdom, wisdom in the way that we speak, wisdom in the way that we work, or wisdom in the way that we pursue uh, different kinds of relationships. Where should we look? Where will we go for such wisdom? Where will we go for such discernment about justice? My senior friends, where will you go to seek justice and wisdom? A more profound question for your life be hard to find. I beg you, in seeking wisdom, in seeking justice, go to God. Jesus is both the world's best sage who holds wisdom in his hand and also the world's king who defines and executes justice. For us, being a part of a community that follows Jesus together means that we seek his justice and his wisdom together all while we depend on his grace and his love to give us just the things that we need. Let's pray together. Holy God, we live in a world that is often full of profound injustice and we eagerly await the day when it is all thrown down. Oh God, we live in a world of profound foolishness and we await the day eagerly when your wisdom is evident and apparent and abundant among us. Oh God, it's not just the world in which we live, but it is also within our very selves. There are seeds of injustice and of foolishness that are planted in our own hearts. Teach us to be vigilant about what lives within us. 
Teach us to be diligent about the world that we are at work creating. And God, may your name, the name of Jesus, be honored as we pursue both wisdom and justice as we receive it from your own hand. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.